Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Caritas. That was the okay. speed version. The speed version. <laughs> yeah. So many different ways to say your name. Like with mine, it's just Dean. <laughs> you can't do anything with that. <laughs> yeah. It's just a solid name, Dean. There is someone who works for me at the farm. She's Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. She says, Dien. Oh, okay. I think we should go with that. She calls me from across the parking lot. Hey, Dien. 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 Yes, I like it. Dien. But that's as far as I've ever gotten away <laughs> from it. You just need to meet more like people from different cultures traveling the world just to hear how your name sounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like, subscribe, or share it with somebody. You can even... Click that little notification bell. Notification bell. We love bell. bringing that up. We do. <laughs> we have a website, letsgoup.us. Lots of interesting things on the website. Links to all of our stuff. Yeah. Treatise today, I was looking at our social media, at our Facebook. And man, mm. you have such amazing skills with yes. making your little I'm a highly artist. skilled artist, a virtuoso of sorts. Well, I know that your daughter is very artistic. Mm. In fact, last time I was at your place, she drew a picture of me. You're still recovering. I'm still recovering. Yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> she, she adds a bit of humor to her drawings. <laughs> she looks at your face, she studies it, and she makes every like freckle <laughs> with a big dot. Yeah, like, everything's it, accentuated. Everything is big. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's the test. Have you really died to yourself? <laughs> Come to my house and let my daughter draw you and we'll see yeah. if there's any insecurities or self living in there still. I did have a nightmare the night after. <laughs> you know, I really Just look kidding. like that rocking alone in a fetal position crying. <laughs> That's kind of the effect, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's got that sketch artist uh, in her future. I think career. so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Mm, well, it's a new school year. It is. And speaking of children and I guess adults as well, go to school. Adults. I had a back to school nightmare the other day. And oh. my daughter's like, you're not even going back to school. Why are you having bad dreams about it? I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. The teacher phoned me and told me I was teaching half the year. And I was like, what? I offered to volunteer, not teach. So, so you were completely misunderstood in your dream. Completely misunderstood. Like emails can be misunderstood even in dreamland. It did not go well. But Are you asking me to interpret this dream for you? <laughs> I might need a little more detail. I need a dream interpreter. <laughs> did you like going back to school when you were a kid? Did you look forward to September? No. Yeah. There were some kids that did. I never quite understood them. There are some very eager kids that love going back to school. <laughs> yeah. I was not one of those. <laughs> yeah. Being an introvert, you know. Yeah. I think it's the extrovert kids that love it. Yeah. I remember being offended as a kid going through the stores in July and they have like back to school advertisements and I'd be like, give us a break. It's summer holidays. We just got out of school. <laughs> yeah. Here. Like nobody cares about your pencil kits on sale. <laughs> I just wanted to completely forget that school existed until went right. Until you actually day. had to go back mm-hmm. on a day. But those advertisements, man, summer holidays forever would have just been great in my books. <laughs> That's true. My wife, she always said, if I have to go to school, they should be paying me to go to school. Mm. Yeah, good luck with that. That's where her mind was. Yeah. Okay, did you make it to prom? Did you have a prom? We had a prom. Because I don't know what goes on in these Prairie Town schools. Oh, they have proms. They have proms, okay. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, and you went? Did you you go with anybody? Did you go with your friends? Yes, I did. No, I went with, my family was friends with another family, and 
they had a daughter the same age as me. Mm. So all of our growing up years. There was an arranged marriage. There was an arrangement there. there. Yeah. (laughs) She was a great girl, but the problem was Mm -hmm. she kept growing. (laughs) And at prom, she was so tall. Yeah. I had the opposite. Well, I guess it was the same. I was the tall girl and my prom date was a shorter guy. Okay. He got creative though, Dean. He bought special shoes, kind of platform almost on the base, but kind of designed so it didn't look too much like platform shoes. But yeah, he was a lot taller when I saw him that day. Like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Funny how we had the opposite sort of thing going on. (laughs) And then life goes on and here we are. We met our amazing spouses. Yep. Things are... Just fantastic. So there we go. <laughs> Speaking and of fantastic, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about something amazing. Jesus. Gonna, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he tops the charts yeah. all the time. We're going to talk about a lifestyle of faith and believing. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it feels better when other people ooh with you. You're not feeling alone. It's good. All right, faith and believing. Yeah, faith and believing, because we want to please our Father, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm. I grew up in a faith-filled house. Mm. All my life, I've been oriented towards faith, but I've also known a lot of people that were oriented kind of away from it, mm. and there's so much controversy over it. Must be important, then. It's very important. <laughs> it's contested. Yeah. I was actually thinking about you and Nathan this week when I was thinking about faith. I know a family who has a nonverbal autistic child. Mm. I've known them for a long time. When they started on their journey, they were walking by faith. But I met up with them just a little while ago, and they've actually turned away from it. And I kept thinking of them, and I kept thinking of you and Nathan, and I kept thinking of this contrast. Because I had met up with them a few months ago, and I'd noticed that their light had gone out. Mm. What used to be such a brightly burning flame just seemed to have died out. And on the other hand, I see you and Nathan, and you burn so brightly, and you, you shine so brightly. <laughs> Don't sound too close. <laughs> Bring your sunglasses. Uh, it was such a contrast to me, and I was thinking about how is it that somebody goes that direction and then turns away from it? Hmm. Why do they do that? How does that happen? Yeah. We've talked about this before, too, with time. For example, there's this place where time can have such a negative effect on us right. where enough time goes by and you right. you know think, well, all this time went by, so it must not be God's will or right. it should have happened by now or, you know, but I feel like every time I open my word, he says, here's my will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's Jesus. Look at his life. Will of God revealed right there. Yes. Walking, talking, will of God. Yeah. <laughs> Lay your hands on the sick. They will get healed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I remember there was this one moment our son was quite young still, and but we were just trusting. And we were quite new in this following Jesus thing. Yeah. <laughs> when my husband became a believer, that was only, I think, three months before our son started showing signs, before he started reverting and all these things were happening. But before that, was, everything was perfectly fine, which was mm-hmm. funny because Nathan would say, like, why would God come to me now? Like, my life's perfect. I've got two healthy kids. I've got this marriage, awesome job. We've got yeah. a house live in the safe country, just seemed so odd to him. But then Mm -hmm. within a few months, maybe two months, so much stuff happened between Blake becoming unresponsive and just changing. It's like you see your son disappearing almost. Mm -hmm. My husband's mom suddenly died. Issues going on in our extended family. That was really hard. And he really realized like later in hindsight, like, man, I would not have gotten through that 
knowing him, what he was like without the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. he's like, I know I, I wouldn't have been able to go through those things. So anyways, our journey in faith and believing and sickness and stuff all kind of started around that same time. And so we just were like in the word, oh, he says this and just believing him and mm. growing and learning and just listening. And I remember there's this one point where our son had popped open some batteries and poured the alkaline right. acid down. I remember his you mouth. told us about that. Yeah. And it was he was just like covered in it all down his tongue and his throat. And so I rinse him out and I wash him and then I call poison control and they're like, oh yeah, he'll probably get deep blister burns, it's alkaline acid, it soaks in and mm-hmm. So you might need to take him to the hospital. And I remember sitting on the bathroom counter while he's in the tub. And I just said to God, like, I thought that you were here, like, taking care of this. Mm-hmm. And but now he he just swallowed battery acid. Like, what? And I was just kind of like having this moment of unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I felt so strongly in my heart, the Lord saying, Mark 16. And I don't know the Bible, right? I told you, I didn't even know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John were in that order. And they were mm-hmm. in the beginning. Like, what? So I flip it open on my phone And he says, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And it's like, you know, those times we really feel the presence of God, like in a space. It was like that. And I look up and I see my son there in the tub after this phone call with poison control, all about deep blister burns and redness and swelling and not even a mark on him. So if we actually live in a place where we have a body that integrates here onto the earth, but then we have a spirit that is born of the wind, (laughs) because that's what the word spirit means, ruah, breath. We have a part of us that's made for heaven, and we have a part of us that's made for earth. Hmm. Like you said a couple of weeks ago, this is our earth suit. (laughs) Yeah. This is where our spirit is housed while we're here on earth. Yeah. But what does time have to do with it anyways? Yeah. What does we give it a bit too much power? I think we give time a lot of power, signs and wonders and miracles and such as well can be done in a shorter time. I don't know, but the thing I'm trying to say in all my jumbles of words is his word still says, Lay your hands on the sick and they will get well Mm -hmm. by his stripes. You are healed, yeah. In Psalms, where he says, He's forgiven all your sins and healed all your diseases. Okay, Mm -hmm. so these things are all still in there, but I'm seeing the sickness still. There's something exciting. Like to me, the closer I get to God and the more time I spend in his presence, the more I believe this stuff and the more I want to press in Mm -hmm. versus going the other way and feeling discouraged and kind of changing my theology based on what I'm seeing and experiencing. So, And that's all the presence, being in his presence and focusing on being with him, not focusing on what's going on around me, but focusing on like, hey, how close can I be to you if you're in me and I'm in you? Mm -hmm. And I find the more... I go into his presence and steward that. The more faith and believing I even have for the miraculous and what I'm not seeing happening Mm -hmm. and just the opposite. I'm not trying to believe in healing. I'm just trying to be in my father's presence and that's giving me more faith and encouragement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Is that clear? I don't know. It's a lot of ways. (laughs) Cretus, you're a woman. You speak evidently (laughs) four times more words per day than we do. (laughs) 40,000 plus Wow. We're lucky if we top 10,000 words. <laughs> but when you do talk, it's, uh, have you seen my toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> it's, right, it's right there on the counter. No, I looked there. <laughs> I'm wondering, are angels playing jokes on husbands? Because Nathan, the amount of times he's absolutely shocked that I find the thing he's told me isn't there. I literally look there. 
I'm like, well, I literally walked in here and it's right there. <laughs> so I'm wondering now, okay, are there like angels playing tricks? Wife's coming. Put the toothbrush on the counter. <laughs> hmm. What we men have to go through. <laughs> that was just a detour, a fun detour. That was a for detour. Me. That was a I'm sure it was. I've been thinking a lot about that process mm. and pondering it in my heart. That process of what makes a believing heart? Mm. What makes a non-believing heart? Or what makes a heart turn away from believing? I'm actually really glad that you shared what you just did because if I look into the camera, so what you don't know is that I've known Cretus and Nathan for a long time and their faith is contagious. And so I've been thinking about how could we show you as listeners what incredible people they are? And that's why I'm glad you shared that part of your journey because it gives a window into what a believing heart looks like. It's an inspiration to even me as I watch you. Mm. So I've been thinking about that process. What makes it one way? What makes it another way? Because in the last little while, sadly, I've actually seen some friends turn away from believing and start to turn towards things that make me wonder. Because it's one thing if somebody goes the opposite direction. Let's say you take a very traditional person who hasn't been exposed to a lifestyle of faith. Mm -hmm. And the father starts speaking into their life and they start coming alive and you see that life come into them. Yeah. You see them spark up. That's always exciting. Always exciting. But what happens when you see it go the opposite direction? Mm, not as exciting. Not as exciting, yeah. right? Sad. And the people that I'm thinking about, they actually shone so brightly. But yet when you meet them now, you can tell that their light is being turned down. Mm, yeah. It reminds me of in Matthew 17, where he talks about where the disciples, they had just gone out and they'd done all these amazing healings and super epic things happening. And then they came across that one little boy right, who they couldn't heal. Yeah. And Jesus heals them. That light, that excitement, that like, <gasps> the disciples asked Jesus privately, almost like they're too embarrassed to ask him public. Yeah. <clears throat> Why could we not cast it out? And he says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So you don't need a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. You're born again, you get faith. So the issue isn't the faith. It's, however, this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I used to think that that meant this kind of demon or this kind oh, of sickness, but wow. he's talking Greatest. about- Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bam. I have never thought of that before. Okay. Because of your unbelief, assuredly I say to you, then he adds the part about faith in the mustard seed, but however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And I felt like, Holy Spirit, what is this kind? This kind of unbelief. They are seeing this kid writhing and having seizures are really dramatic. I feel like that doubt and that, I don't know, and maybe the first few prayers aren't happening. And so the unbelief starts to grow. This kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. And when you're living by the flesh, so carnal, so by what you see, taste, smell, hear, feel, emotionally, all this stuff, you're not walking by faith and the unbelief has a chance to grow. So prayer and fasting from all the carnal, the need, the what I'm seeing and even like who you're around. If you're hearing and being fed all this like worldly logic and you're not in the word and in the presence, you're getting fed with all this unbelief. Mm -hmm. It's funny, you know, I just read that story a couple of weeks ago again. Is that not just when he came down from the mountain of transfiguration? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He came down with a couple of disciples. Yeah. And he saw a group of people standing there arguing. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? Mm. I think they were arguing over 
the situation, right? Yeah. Like, does God do this mm -hmm. kind of stuff? Doesn't he? There's two or three accounts of it, and some of them give different yeah. details. Mm -hmm. But there they were arguing. Yeah. Maybe he, God wants his kid to be ill, so, so maybe the parents did something in their past right. and uh, generational curses or whatever, right? right? Maybe yeah. there's all that chatter going on and he mm -hmm. just steps in and poink, healed. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whenever I come across somebody who is having a hard time believing, you can ask him a question. Well, if Jesus was here, what would he do? Mm. Well, I know that if Jesus was here, he would heal my son. The thing is, Jesus is here. He's in us and we represent him. So why don't we press in to represent his power as much as we could press in to represent his nature. Yeah, wow. Or his character, let's say. Mm -hmm. We focus on the character. We focus on mm -hmm. the fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus had love. Let's be like him. But we don't focus on the gifts of the Spirit. He also had those yeah. working in his life, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to represent him in both power and character. Mm -hmm. He and came to destroy the works of the devil, yes. the Word says. We need to understand, first of all, what the works of the devil are. Yes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. Jesus came to bring life and life to the full. Mm -hmm. And never to confuse those two. That's right. And God doesn't need like something broken to demonstrate his power. He's way more powerful. Okay, he's so good at redeeming bad situations that we so often confuse it for him causing that. That is such a key. He redeems things so well that we actually think he caused it. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard of this guy, uh, Bill Johnson. He's a, I, don't <laughs> I haven't know, heard of him. Like some guy in the States. No clue. But who he had is. said, me not being able to do what Jesus said doesn't give me the right to change the assignment. So if I pray for someone and they don't get better, that doesn't give me the right to change the fact that he says, go and lay your hands on the sick and they will get well. But so often we see it not happening and then it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't meant for me or maybe that's not really what he meant. Faith is almost crazy looking because you'll have a sick son like we do who we believe that God wants healed. We don't consider his sickness his identity, right. his condition his identity. They're two separate things, which is very hard in the world for people to separate condition and identity. It becomes one and the same with many things, how you feel, and all these things become part of your identity. What I also love about the way that you approach your situation is that you don't look at your son as a project. You see him as the father sees him. Mm. Yeah, that's been such a thing that the Holy Spirit's shown us is like his identity as a son of God. And we've had people pray over Blake. There's this one group of young adults that once were praying at our church. And so many of them after their prayer came together and they all had gotten, like six of them, the same word from the father about him. And it was bringer of the word. It's things like that. The Holy Spirit just really reminded us he has an identity as a son of God. Yeah. And he's in your hands for now. He's God's son. You know what God's saying. All of the what if and well, how come and why isn't it? It just moves over as we focus on his presence, mm -hmm. getting into his presence. In the presence, the questions yeah. disappear. Yeah. And the joy remains. Yeah. And the confidence remains because I know what my father said and I know his goodness. He is so good, you know, and I'm so happy that he can use situations to encourage others and help others grow. But I know he doesn't need it and I know he's not causing it for that. Like he's just so good to understand mm -hmm. his goodness was key. And this is why recently, especially Nathan's been really feeling called strongly to go minister to people in palliative care, like children in hospice, right. recently adults too. And people say, but how can you go pray for healing 
for these children who are dying when you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And that's faith. I don't need to see it in order to listen to my father who says, go pray for those kids, mm-hmm. speak healing and life over them and minister my love to them. It's one of those things that we're still very much growing in and it's exciting to be with the Lord in it. So I think what happens from what I can see is that time takes a toll when we give it authority in the situation, when we give it a say. And I think what happens is that the pain of human suffering becomes really huge in a person's heart. And it becomes easier to go and find a new theology to support what you're not seeing, because then you can numb the pain. And you can say, well, actually, God's Word didn't actually say that. So now I don't have to believe it anymore. Mm. And now I can rationalize what's going on in a different way. In a lot of ways, I think it's a pain control mechanism. Mm. But I think what people don't realize is that when you go down that road, when you develop theology that supports unbelief, you are closing the door to any miracle happening. You're closing the door to angelic intervention in your situation. You're closing the door to protection. You're closing the door to all of those things, all of those little things that happen along the way that give you hope, like the incident with your son and the battery acid, where obviously there was angelic intervention that stopped him from getting blistering. That's a miracle on the path to a miracle. Yeah. And you know, I had this one lady always saying to me, he is healed Mm -hmm. already. We just haven't seen the manifestation of it. And I was just like, I do not understand a word you are saying. But there was so much life on her, and her whole life was like manifesting Christ. So when she'd say something like that, that was so bizarre, and I couldn't understand it, I was just like, okay, I don't understand it, but you know what? It's in there. Mm -hmm. A lot of what you read, if you're waiting to understand it first, it's Mm going to be a journey of eating from the tree of knowledge. I feel like when it comes to this subject, it's not a matter of understanding. It's a matter of knowing and encountering so much, yeah. Because you could sit and debate this, and people do, Yes, for weeks, till both people's lips go blue. Yes, You could sit and debate God's will on healing, and it yeah. has been done. Yeah. You probably do not have to type too far to find the debates and the endless teachings on both sides. Yeah. So then what's the truth? Pilate says to Jesus, what is truth? Yeah. Jesus stood there, not defending himself, not arguing, not trying to prove to him truth. He was truth. And we just need to go to truth. The hard thing is if you aren't thinking correctly, you have to be very humble to be retaught and erase some of the things and let Holy Spirit reteach you some of the things. Mm -hmm. But I think if you really want truth, go to the truth. He says, seek and you will find. Do we believe that he will show us the truth if we show up with a hungry, eager, humble heart to know it? That's a heart that attracts favor. It attracts the angels. Mm-hmm. And one thing that like, I've kind of noticed over the years is the fruit growing on the tree really speaks a lot. Yes, it does. The hardest kind of rebukes we've gotten against our belief in the healing and the goodness and the favor and the love of God often comes from people who have a lot of tension and strife and negativity in a lot of other areas of their life. So mm-hmm. the fruit isn't really there. So we start to kind of look at the whole tree before receiving advice yeah. from someone typically now. You're starting to like learn to discern, right? It's like yeah. a child, a little, little kid will just trust any grown up. But as they grow, they start to learn and discern like which ones they can trust and the signs of someone you can trust. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to lay a foundation that is unmovable, 
that God is bam. good. That's a bam moment. <laughs> yeah. The goodness of God is the foundation of these beliefs. If you really don't like see God's goodness. As purely good. If yeah. you twist the goodness of God and say, well, that's not what good means. Good actually means good is going to happen, but it's in this weird eternal way where eventually it'll all work out. And when you're in heaven, you'll understand yeah. why. Oh, well, he'll explain it. He'll explain yeah. it. There's no pain and tears in heaven. You know, that's they right. said to Jesus something about him being good. And he says, you don't even know what good is, Yeah, which implies understanding the goodness of God really requires a revelation from the Holy Spirit on his goodness. I wrote down some thoughts and I also wrote down some questions. We all live with tension between what we see in the Bible as far as promise and what we live in as far as manifestation of those promises here on earth in our lives. In the end, for some, it becomes too painful to continue believing for things that involve human pain and suffering. In order to protect our heart, we sometimes start looking for clues or theology to explain why it might not be happening for us. Because there are plenty of explanations readily available, we then adopt theology that supports why we should not continue to believe or live by faith. It becomes much easier to live this way. So that's kind of a progression. That's what I see happening. And like how you had said, it often can affect and permeate it reminds me of where he says this, a little bit of yeast can right. permeate all the dough, whether that's like faith and goodness or Jesus and culture that can permeate, yeah. or a little bit of unbelief, changing what he says because of what you're seeing. What you say is bang on, because I notice that when you start to erode those foundations, it eventually affects every area of life. Mm. You start to become a person who gets offended easily. All of the other things that were solid and beautiful and wonderful, they all start to move towards... Well, you're a plant man, you know, you you mess up with the roots and it's like, uh uh-oh, you can trim and hack away all the outside of the tree, Mm -hmm. but like those roots are vital. Yeah. So then along with that, I have some questions. Is there any reason to keep believing when it seems like nothing is happening? Multiple choice, any, any, A, B, C, or D. (laughs) Hmm. I believe there is reason to keep believing Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And also, like we were just saying, it begins to affect every area of your life. You start with one little thing Mm -hmm. and you don't notice it, but it starts creeping in Mm -hmm. and expanding into all the other places. Yeah. Well, Before you know it, your light is going dim. Yeah, it really does. John 20, 26... So after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came to the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach out your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mm. Do Mm. not be unbelieving, but believing. Right. Right out of the lips of Jesus. That was a mic drop. Oh, wow. (laughs) Back somersault. Fancy. Three-quarter pike. Fancy. (laughs) 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 10.0. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so good. 
I love the way that you've said so many times on this podcast already, I just made a choice that I'm going to believe. Yeah. I've just made that choice. I'm not going to do life any other way. Mm-hmm. And that just sets down a standard and you mm-hmm. don't move from that. And a lot of that comes from understanding our identity in Christ and why we're here. Mm-hmm. I have another question here. Is God pleased when we lay down our faith for an easier lifestyle, one that adopts theology that claims that God does not work that way or that he has chosen not to work on our behalf in that way? It's so fulfilling to walk in faith. Mm-hmm that I think we think it'll be more fulfilling if we just believe something different that makes sense. Right. That we can be logical. That we can line our minds up with. It's like a false sense of security and joy. It really is because you're still touchable. Anything can sway it. And I actually feel like you're more vulnerable. And what you have to do is you have to build up tougher and tougher defenses and tougher and tougher walls. Mm -hmm. And you have to come at things with your arguments. Mm -hmm. You've got to build this stuff around you Mm -hmm. to maintain your position. Yeah. I kind of noticed that in general, even just discussing topics like this, immediately there's like this agitation or this like need to... Yeah. And... I don't know. I just feel like in anything in life, when you know your father, you just become less agitated and like, I don't really need to defend his goodness because I know his goodness. That's how I feel. I feel like I don't need to defend him. I feel like he's very well capable of defending himself. And this is where listening to the Holy Spirit is important because he will give you the words. Yes. Living a life free, thriving in the spirit really is sometimes the most convicting thing and speaks the loudest. Mm -hmm. I have another question. Does God cherry pick who he will do a miracle for or who he won't? (laughs) And along with that, does God leave some to suffer and rescue others from suffering? Are these patterns random or are they specific? Would a good father do that to his children? Would you do that to your child? Would you do that to your wife? There is a verse in Acts that's very clear that says God is not a respecter of persons. Mm. So I don't believe that God cherry picks. But I do believe that our world came under a curse. We brought the curse on ourselves. Oops. Oops. (laughs) Black and white. Don't eat from this one. Don't do it. Oh, she made me do it. What? (laughs) Uh, We laugh, but it's actually very sad. (laughs) So from that point in time on, we brought a curse on our world. Mm. We actually came into agreement with a spirit that is out to destroy our planet Mm. and humankind, Mm -hmm. who hates humankind because we're made in the image of God. And so there's a lot of sin in this world that has perpetrated a lot of bad things, and they come upon people and situations And then we shake our finger at God and say, why did you do this to me? Mm. But it wasn't God. He had nothing to do with it. He gave us freedom. And what did we do with our freedom? We destroyed our planet with it. It says in one place in the book of Revelation that if he doesn't come and stop things, eventually no life would actually be able to exist on this planet. Mm. We made an awful mess of things. We, in agreement with the devil, have brought terrible things on our planet. Mm -hmm. God had nothing to do with it. All God did was give us freedom to choose. But there are a couple of different categories. I feel like there are things that happen to people that are brought on them by other people. For instance, somebody hurts you in some way or somebody does something to you. Sometimes we say, well, God, why didn't you stop them from doing that to me? But God actually has given every person a free will and they can do with that whatever they want. 
they can choose to use that to hurt somebody if they want, or we can choose to use that to love somebody. Will God stop them? In order to stop them, he would have to take away their free will, would he not? So do we want to be robots or do we want to be free? Mm, Wow. I was thinking a while ago about this. There's a lot of talk out there right now on how our freedoms are being eroded in our countries and freedom is what we've fought for. People have laid down their lives so that we could live in a country where we have freedom. So we value freedom. We seem to get it that being free is an expression of humanity that's beautiful. But yet, when it comes to God, we want him to make us do things. We want him to make things happen that violate people being free. We want him to take the bad person and take away their freedom to choose to Mm -hmm. hurt somebody. But the moment that you start taking away people's freedom, you start creating a robot. So when it comes to people hurting people, Yes, people will hurt other people. And I feel like that's where the Holy Spirit is so good at redeeming situations. He'll come in in a situation where there's an unfortunate divorce or something that happens that blindsided us. Mm -hmm. He'll come alongside and he will wrap us up Mm -hmm. in his love and his grace and his mercy and heal our hearts and restore us. And when it comes to the other person, we oftentimes say, well, God, are you going to do something about this? And God's like, well, yeah, you know what? My kindness leads to repentance. So what if God is kind to that person Mm -hmm. in order to bring them to repentance? Mm -hmm. And we see his kindness on their lives and we're like, God, but you're doing kind things for them. They hurt me. And he's like, well, yeah, but that's how I do things now. Mm -hmm. We don't call down fire from heaven anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So God is kind to people to bring them to repentance. Mm Mm-hmm. But eventually, every person stands before God and they will answer for everything that they've done. And we will feel a lifetime of pain if we've caused it Mm. to other people. So I believe God, he's got that one. Mm -hmm. But he wraps it up in a different way than we would hope that he would deal with it. Wow. (laughs) You know, when you were talking, I was thinking, when you had said, he comes, he'll wrap his arms around you and heal you and heal your heart, there comes this point in your relationship with him I do believe we can become untouchable from Mm -hmm. this world and from other people. Like, I do believe you can be in a place where your heart can't be broken by a person. But there's this period in your life with him where the counselor is in you. When you look in the mirror, it's like you're seeing him. And so then when you see someone who's doing something evil towards you, you're just seeing them the way Jesus sees them. Mm -hmm. They're making this choice to hurt you. Forgive them. They don't even know. Jesus said, this is very convicting in Matthew. You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. That's insane insane to the world. Do not resist an evil person. But this is like the radical life. This is the narrow road, yeah. the small gate. And few find it because yes. our offense, our unbelief, all these things get in the way. I'm not saying that I don't get offended or like, like, but I recognize immediately now that's not who I am. And that is not what I'm called to be. So there's that one category of people hurting people. But then there's another sort of hurt that comes when things come on us from the outside. Mm -hmm. Things like sickness, other circumstances that we can't control, accident, harm, different things that kind of come in life as we go through life, results of the world what it's fallen into, and what we've brought upon ourselves. So then we turn to God in those situations, and we have a choice. Are we going to react with faith 
Are we going to turn and create a theology where it doesn't work that way? I believe that it pleases God, no matter whatever situation we're in, to react with faith. There's all kinds of things that we can believe God for and situations we can believe him in. In the end, my righteous one will live by faith. Mm. And in the end, his word is his word. And we have to just make a choice. He's good, and we're going to believe him. Nothing moves me. In Psalm 112, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Surely he will never be shaken. Mm -hmm. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. Mm. Hebrews 10, 35, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. You have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what he promised you. This next verse here, a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. But if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and preserve their souls. Hmm. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Mm. You know, it's like that fight the good fight of faith. Mm-hmm. We're not here fighting the devil. He's already been defeated, cut off withering branch. It's the fight of faith. It's believing what our Father says, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of time and what we're seeing. Time has nothing to say about the Word of God. Yeah, standing the word on of the God truth. is timeless. Yeah, it's timeless. His Word is unchanging. Yeah. Because so I went into the store today and like uh, took a huge rack of clothes, almost threw the whole rack over on the ground. Okay, I go home, open my Bible, says the exact same thing. And mm. then the next day, you know, some chaos happens or I get in a car accident or rear-ended and back gets a little tweaked. I open my Bible, says the exact same thing. Mm. You know, it's always the same. That's the amazing thing. Every time I open it, no matter what's happening in the world or in my circumstances or my life, he's saying the same thing. Wow. So why would I change what he's saying? Because the things in my life in the world keep changing and all these other things are coming at me. There's so many bams and mic drops <laughs> in this that I don't even know where to... My, there's a mind blowing right I, there. I had, I injured my back last February really bad. Like couldn't even like walk. The nerve was completely pinched. They had to do an MRI to make sure it didn't need surgery, all this kind of stuff. Literally floor bound for a couple of weeks, which when you're full time taking care of someone, you know, it's don't have time for this. <laughs> so I can't just stop. Mm-hmm. And I just made a decision immediately. I'm going to use this time and be in the presence of God. Like I've never been in the presence of God. And every moment of every day, I was just in his presence with him. And I tell you like this thing just went off of me. It was like, could you imagine how annoyed you'd be if you were the devil trying to bring someone down and they're just like getting closer to God and they're just like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, because his, <laughs> because in the end, his tactic is to try to drive us away from God. I had written this note. I think it was during that time. You wrote it in your Bible? Oh, yes. I've got one of these Bibles with the side columns. Oh. So there's space on the side to oh, jot down your ludicrous space. notes. I wrote this at the end of Ephesians. Okay, is keeping our focus on and rejoicing in God, stronger way to do spiritual warfare versus actually engaging in the devil. The time spent praying against something or some power could be used solely in gratefulness and worship. Oh man, Caritas. Where you can hardly even acknowledge his scheming because you're too fixated on God and giving him glory through our thoughts and our lives lived bringing God honor. Then our motive isn't caught up in fighting evil, but wrapped up in light, which inevitably 
drives out darkness anyways, but without giving any sort of credit or recognition to the enemy's distractions. Yeah, because he loves attention. Yeah. and If so, you don't give him attention. I have realized that the power of praise, mm-hmm. worship, rejoicing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Paul said rejoice always. I say it again. <laughs> I say again, rejoice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Momentary light affliction, he calls it. And if we turn away from faith and believing Mm-hmm. That miracle would never happen. But why is this big, huge thing not fixed then? Which is way, way more important to you than this knee or this back. That's where we get hung up, I think. It's actually not a different size. Yeah, whoa. It's not a different size. It's not bigger. Well, let's just remove the whole runway of yeah, but, and what about, and just <laughs> spirit-led living. One last thought here, and then we can wrap this up. The master called people together mm-hmm. and gave them talents. He gave one to one person, he gave five to another person, and he gave 10 to another person. He told them to do business. So the person with five and the person with 10, they went and they used it and they increased. They put faith into what they were given Yeah, because the kingdom is all about increase. Of the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. We are commanded to increase, Wow. whether we like it or not. The guy with one, he didn't understand that his master was good. And he took it and buried it out of fear. He developed a theology where the master was a harsh man, right? not a good man. Mm-hmm. And the master came back and he was angry with him. Mm-hmm. But to the ones that increased, he said, well done, mm-hmm. my good and faithful mm-hmm. servant, faith-filled, yeah. faithful. Those people were filled with faith. He says, enter into joy. So there's joy attached. Mm. And you see the people that are living yeah. by faith. Wow. They've got that joy. They've got that glow. Yeah. Endless. What like, are the possibilities? What are the possibilities? Will you steward this well? Yeah. So good. Oh, Jane. <laughs> Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Mm-hmm. Looking to Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, one translation says, the founder and perfecter of our faith, Mm -hmm. who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So Jesus is the author of our faith, the perfecter of it. Mm -hmm. And when we live a lifestyle of faith, there's joy attached to it. Oh, yeah. and it's simple. Like yeah. it's really not complicated. Contagious joy. Fix your, fix your eyes on him. Okay. This has been an amazing conversation, and I feel like I've gotten such a more window into how you and Nathan approach life. Mm. Something I've watched for years and <laughs> admired mm. for years. I remember you once said, <laughs> "Get used to uh, a lot of blank stares <laughs> when you talk from now." <laughs> And we were like, what? And then it started happening. We noticed people would just start staring at us like with this blank deer in the headlights, kind of like, who are these nut jobs? And we would just laugh later like, oh my goodness, Dean was right. (laughs) (laughs) We we thought you were joking. I was serious. That is the way it works. (laughs) Okay, Kritis, that's where we're going to end today. I feel like God is pleased with our conversation tonight. Just, He's like, look at those little kids. Look at them. They think they know. They think they know so much. <laughs> look at them in their matching hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan this, actually. <laughs> I know. We are getting on point with our matching wardrobes here. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us this week. On Let's Go Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really went up. We did go <laughs> up today. Mm-hmm. Have an awesome, faith-filled week. Mm-hmm.